to talk about a concept that I think, or that I know actually, is probably not talked about a lot when it comes to manifestation and living in the end result. And that concept is how much psychology plays a part in our spiritual experience. And I'm not going to speak about something that I don't know, so I'm not really going to, you know, start to get into all of this psychology meat and potatoes of it, but there is a psychological connection with spirituality. Spirituality in and of itself, and especially when it comes to things like the law of attraction and law of assumption and quantum physics and esotericism, have some scientific basis. And a lot of these, what are called pseudosciences, such as metaphysical sciences, have a bit of neuroscience within them. Especially when you're talking about changing your mindset and living in the end of the wish fulfilled and changing your dominant vibration. What happens is when you're changing your state of being within your felt experience and within your heart center and within your solar plexus and all of these different things and you're changing it from those levels within the body, it also activates the subconscious mind and changes the dominant thought process in the subconscious mind. And something that I feel like isn't spoken about enough is the concept of self-regulating. And what is self-regulation? What, what does it mean to be regulated within your emotions and within your responses and to feel calm? and to be at peace. Peace is something that is innate to us. Calm is something that is innate to us. Anxiety is something that we learn to have and that we learn to adopt into our experience. Anxiety is something that we pick up on over time because of the experiences that we have as children and the experiences that we have as teenagers, and the experiences that we have as young adults and adults. We learn how to be anxious. We learn how to be hypervigilant. We learn how to be hyper-focused on our surroundings. And it's less of an awareness and more of a mind-based thought process of how we think that then determines how we feel. For example, if we are constantly thinking about delivering a presentation and we're thinking about that presentation, we're thinking about that presentation, we're going over it in our heads, we're practicing it in front of a mirror, we're reciting what we, what we are going to say, and we're just looping it, looping it, looping it, looping it, looping it. 
we're continuing to think about it. And we're continuing to think about how we want to experience delivering this presentation and how we want that to go. And we get ourselves worked up and anxious over delivering the presentation and how we want it to go. And by the time we are ready to give that presentation, we've got butterflies in our stomach. And we're looking at the people in the room and we're feeling their eyes on us. And there's this pressure to do well, this pressure to nail it, this pressure to make sure that everyone in the room is understanding what we're talking about but not only that they're understanding what they're, what we're talking about, but that they're invested in what we're talking about and that they're not zoning out and that they're not bored and that they can hear us and that we're speaking. Um, we're, we're projecting our voice to where we can be heard from all angles of the room. And we're speaking confidently. And these people want us to be speaking confidently. And we can feel that pressure. And it creates this anxiety. And what happens sometimes when we get anxious, a few things can happen. But what happens physically is that we'll have things like sweaty palms or um, rapid breathing or heart palpitations or flutteriness in our stomach or tension in our neck, tension in our shoulders, tension in our lower back. Um, we might, if we get to a state where we're hyperventilating so much and our heartbeat is so rapid, we might wind up fainting because we feel as though we can't get enough oxygen to our brain to be able to calm us down and regulate us. And what winds up happening is that we are very much identified with the mind when we get anxious and what happens is when we feel these physical sensations in our body it is our body responding to what our mind is trying to make sense of instead of the other way around where our body is regulating itself and then our mind is playing catch up and sometimes What works for one person to be able to regulate is not going to work for the other person. But the reason why it is so important to learn how to self-regulate is this. Even if you have supportive friendships, even if you have supportive people in your life, there are going to be times and places where they are not going to be able to be there for you even if you know that they are emotionally available for you. And the reason I'm bringing this up and sharing this with you guys and sharing this concept of self-regulation is because this is something that I will say it was instantaneous. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not saying that to lie. I'm not saying that to, you know, bullshit you into thinking that something is instantaneous when it isn't. But for me, it was instantaneous. It was like a second spiritual awakening pretty much. I was sitting I was sitting at my house one day because I do work from home. I was sitting in my house and I was 
I was on YouTube and I found a video that really spoke to me. And it was a video about how to live in the end state of the wish fulfilled when it comes to manifesting. And earlier that day, I had said to myself, I don't want to feel anxious anymore. I don't want to feel stressed anymore. I am done feeling this low vibration. And what happened while I was watching this video What I heard, what I felt, was almost like this voice from within that said, you're done with this feeling because this feeling is not true to you. And it was almost as though it was taken away from me. But... When this, when this feeling, when this anxiety, when this fear, when this stress was taken away from me, I wasn't grasping at the bit trying to pull it back into my experience. I just said, hey, it's being taken away from me. It's being lifted. The burden is being lifted. I no longer feel this way. I no longer align with this energy. And that night, I was able to go to sleep early and get a better night's sleep. I had woken up that day kind of feeling a little bit under the weather. And not so much under the weather as in I really was sick or coming down with a cold or anything, but I felt that way. Like my body was responding that way. And and I was coughing and I felt kind of sinusy, like my allergies were acting up. I had a little bit of a tension headache, and then what wound up happening was I wound up going to bed really, really early. And I woke up a couple of times in the middle of the night because one of the things that I've struggled with, um, one of the things that I used to struggle with in the past was sleep. I would get anxious before I went to bed. I would get so anxious that I would put myself into this state of belief that I needed to have something on, um, some kind of soft music or some kind of soft sound or, um, sometimes I still sleep with my salt lamp on because I, if I go to bed when it is dark, sometimes I do sleep with my salt lamp on just to be able to get myself into this calm state of, hmm. I'm ready for sleep because my mind might still be a little bit active after the end of the day and and I'm just like mm, salt lamp helps me feel peaceful and I will sleep through the night but it changes it changes night to night but I wound up having this experience where I said I no longer wanted to feel a certain way and my body was responding to letting go of all of that tension, all of that worry, all of that stress, all of that fear, anxiety, doubt, whatever I was feeling, all of those blocks that I was putting up for myself. And I just started waking up every morning saying, all right, well, today is going to be a great day and I have a good basis from which to start. And 
I got a, I got a good night's sleep and <laughs> I feel well rested and I feel rejuvenated and I feel refreshed and I feel like everything that I could ever want, everything that I desire is already here and I just started affirming that for myself and it's been an exponential shift. But what I was doing in the past, what I was used to doing, what I was conditioned to doing was constantly seeking out validation from others and constantly seeking out talking to other people and specific friends, constantly talking to them about how I was feeling. Now, don't get me wrong. I still share how I'm feeling with those friends. But if they don't respond to my text, I no longer see it as this, like, attack against me. I no longer see it as this person being emotionally unavailable. I see it as, okay, they're unable to respond to me in the moment. And they're unable to respond to me today because they have their life that they're focused on. They're working on themselves. They're um, busy with work. They're doing something for themselves and they have their own life to tend to. They have their own self-regulation to work on. That doesn't mean that they're not here for me. That doesn't mean that they don't love me. That doesn't mean that they don't value me or validate me. It just means that in this current moment, they are showing up more for themselves than they are for anybody else at the moment because they need to show up for themselves. They need to take care of themselves as well as being there for me. And in order for them to be there for me as much as they would like to be and, as, and show up for me as much as they would like to show up for me and as much as I would like them to show up for me, they need to show up for themselves as well. So I stopped seeing that as an attack. And I recognized that I had these abandonment wounds and these neglect wounds because I experienced some abandonment and neglect as a child. And what I did was I sat with my younger self and I finally listened to the needs that she had and listened to that inner child and listened to that inner angsty teenager. And instead of just letting out my feelings, whether it would be through journaling or excuse me, impulsively doing something, whether it would be impulsively reaching out to a friend and unloading on them, or it would be through journaling, or whatever it would be to get that need met. Instead of just doing that, I just simply listened to myself. And I told myself, something that I needed to hear and that was that you are strong you are capable you are valued you are worthy you are loved people love you the people that you love love you nothing is going wrong everything is in its place everything is perfect in its place as it should be and I started showing up emotionally for myself And it was this massive shift. And I started to feel at peace. Right now I'm sitting here on my couch recording this. And I have um, 
a copy of Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth sitting right next to me, um, bookmarked. Because I'm reading this book right now. And I feel this state of peace that I have never before experienced. Or if I did experience it, it was for short periods of time. Now I feel like it's my dominant state. And it's because I'm learning actively. You know, I'm still actively learning. And I'm also, I also have learned what I needed to do and allowed myself to do it to be able to self-regulate. And it is such a freeing experience. I told myself that I was free and I started to believe it. And I still believe it. I am free. I am perfect as I am. I am everything that I wish to be. I am this person that I told myself and others that I am. And that is the best version of me. And when I talk about regulating, I'm not talking about control, especially when it comes to emotions. Emotions are energy in motion. But emotion also comes from the word emovera, which means to disrupt. Emotions can be disruptive. They can. And what happens when we allow our emotions and emotional responses to get the better of us is it can create dissolution, it can create um, uh, disillusion, it can create a lot of disharmony and imbalance in our lives. Because what is happening is not that we are feeling our emotions. What is happening is that we are feeling those emotions and allowing those emotions to be us. We are allowing ourselves to be our emotions. And we are saying that, emo- that our, emotions are, our emotions are us. We're basically erecting this structure called emotions are us. And, <laughs> and, and we're going to the emotions are us and we're picking out the emotions and going to the checkout and leaving with those emotions in the bag and and we are then telling ourselves that we identify with those emotions and that those emotions are are those emotions are our experience and those emotions are me 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 mine 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 and i identify with these emotions and these emotional responses and that isn't to invalidate things like anxiety depression PTSD, um, anything like that. But when we are solely identified with those things, with those labels, and with those experiences, we forget that those experiences and those labels and those things that we are experiencing are essentially mind-dominated. Anxiety is a mind-dominated state. 
Depression is a mind-dominated state. Yes, you can feel it within your body, but it's because you are experiencing it first within your mind, and then your body is... Like, your mind is sending a signal to your body to tell it how to feel and to tell it how to react and to tell it how to respond. Such as if you are feeling very, very upset and anxious and depressed or, or anxious and depressed at the same time. If you are, or if you are just simply feeling depressed, your brain, your mind is saying that that is your state. And you will do something like sleep all day. You will do something like stay in bed all day because you feel like your body can't move. You will do something like allow mundane chores around the house to just stay undone because you are in that state of identification saying that you can't do it. You can't, you can't bring yourself to do anything. And I'm not invalidating this at all. I want, you, I want you to know that I am not invalidating depression at all. What I am saying is, is that I have learned through my experience with depression and anxiety that they are mind-dominated states of being. And this is just my experience, this is just what I have learned, this is just my opinion based on the um, things that I have learned, the research that I have done, the experiences that I have had. And it wasn't until I started to do the work on myself and not depend on other people to always be there for me and not depend on external people to help me regulate that I started to recognize just how involved I was with my mind versus my state of being and my true consciousness and awareness and I've been told by friends that I'm very self-aware and that I am aware of things that sometimes they are not as aware of or or that they think they're not as aware of but they wind up finding that awareness when they wind up talking to me about it. And they're like, oh my God, you're so right. <laughs> you know, um, like, wait a minute. <laughs> and it's not just that I'm self-aware. It's that I'm aware of something that is intrinsic. And I am working towards continuing to be aware of the intrinsic and innate state of being that comes with being as opposed to doing or thinking. And I learned that in order to have and continue to maintain healthy relationships with the people in my life, that sometimes the best way to regulate is by sitting with myself. And I will say this, I journal. I journal, I have my affirmations, I speak my affirmations in my mind, I play them on a loop, I go on a rampage in my mind, um, I meditate, I do EFT tapping, um, I use all kinds of different techniques in my practice. 
And I have started to feel less anxious when I maybe don't meditate in the morning. Or if I meditate in the morning, I don't always feel like it has to be this long, drawn-out, 20 to 30 minute process I can meditate for five to ten minutes and feel fine you know and I can I usually do it with background music or I do a guided meditation um, but I am getting into this state where I, I switch it up every day um, some days I some days I tap some days I meditate some days I do both as soon as I wake up in the morning um, some days I wait a little while and I wind up doing it at night before I go to bed so that I can get into a relaxed state before I go to bed and go to bed calm and at peace. Um, I've started to go to sleep earlier. Um, there's, there are still some nights where I'll be up until about 10 o'clock at night, but I've started to go to, go to sleep as early as 7 sometimes. And people go, What? Well, I'm waking up at like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, and sometimes I'll push it to 5 if I feel like I want to just get a little bit of extra Z's in. But I have noticed that because I am much more calm, much more still, there is this new state of stillness within me because I am at peace and I am learning how to self-regulate. Time is stiller. The day doesn't pass me by half as much. Even if I'm sitting there maybe binge-watching three to four episodes of Gossip Girl or any other show that I like, time doesn't get away from me half as much because I'm just like, look, I'm here. I'm here. I'm doing what it is that I'm doing. I'm taking a day off and enjoying my day. I'm relaxing. I'm taking time and I'm cooking. I'm getting caught up in my laundry. I'm getting caught up in doing the dishes and I'm just experiencing my day as I would and I'm just, you know, doing active things that and and being in the state of doing those active things instead of looking at the end result all the time. But I'm also living in the end result of already knowing that everything that I have, I'm grateful for. Everything that is on its way, I'm also grateful for. Everything that I am is attractive and abundant and secure and peaceful. And I am, I am living in that state every single day. When I wake up, when I'm taking a shower, when I'm eating, when I'm watching a movie, when I'm doing this podcast episode, when I'm reading a book, when I'm going to bed, I am looping this experience for myself. And every day, it's as if it becomes even more profound. Because it does. And I've learned that regulating my own emotional responses and being there for myself and showing up for myself is what helps it to be profound and therefore other people can show up for me whenever I do need the extra help or when I do want to talk or just showing up to to say I hope you have a good day and initiating the conversation or showing up to talk to me at night and being like hey how was your day and catching up with me and um I do, I do have one friend uh, that I call my brother uh, because we're so close. 
He texts me every morning. He texts me every night. <laughs> he will get home when I'm when I'm asleep, and he'll and he'll still text me to let me know that he got home. And that's just our little routine. That's our that's our thing between each other. And it's like it's like a familial thing where we're just like, hey, I'm home, you know, or <laughs> um, hey, good morning, I love you, <laughs> and and it's just it's just so nice to just be able to enjoy that without it having to be this this thing that like I'm dependent on in order to start my day because I'm I'm not dependent on it I'm just like oh this is a little thing and I can just enjoy it (laughs) but yes so I hope that this episode helped you and if there are any questions that you have or any further discussion that you would like to have on self-regulating and the power of self-regulating and the power of your thoughts and feelings and how you can learn to be in a state of be in a state of being self-regulated or if you would like any tips and tricks as to how to regulate yourself um, discussion is open and you can send me an email to cardomancybyalice at gmail.com and I cannot wait to share more with you and I hope to see you in the next episode bye